himself. So his earlier forebodings had been right, he thought, with that one small rational part of his brain which had not yet been engulfed in panic. He would die that night. But his death would not be the slow, gradual, numbing one brought on by the cold. Instead it would be swift and hot and agonizing. Even the idea of it was enough to drive a man mad. But there was no time for such madness to develop, because his attacker threw the match at him, and soon every nerve in his body was screaming with agony. Part One The End of an Era Chapter One A dozen corporation buses, each one packed with hunched, coughing smokers in flat caps, trundled along half a dozen arterial roads towards factories in which screeching hooters were already announcing the imminent start of the day's work. In the shops, assistants were busy polishing the windows and counters as a prelude to opening the doors through which customers would soon begin to walk, and in the old abandoned cotton mill which formed part of Whitebridge's industrial graveyard, two men stood on the threshold of the former manager's office, looking down with disgust at what lay on the floor. One of them, Chief Inspector Charlie Woodend, was a big fellow, who looked like he'd been hurriedly and carelessly carved out of a piece of very hard rock. He was dressed in his customary hairy sports jacket and cavalry twill trousers, and had a capstan full-strength cigarette, tightly held between two nicotine-stained fingers in his right hand. His companion, Inspector Bob Rutter, was younger, slightly smaller, and much more elegant. He was dressed in a smart blue suit, and though he too had a cigarette in his hand, it looked more like a prop and less like a natural appendage than his bosses did. Woodend sniffed. The air was thick with the smell of cooked meat and the source of the smell lay in a charred mound next to the large hole in the wall which had once contained a window. "'Bastard!' Woodend murmured, almost to himself. Rutter nodded. "'The fire started there,' he said, pointing to a piece of blackened concrete in one corner of the room. "'Aye, there was one hell of a wind last night, and he'd have been hunkered down to get what protection from it he could,' the chief inspector replied. "'We think he jumped to his feet and tried to make it out of the window,' Rutter continued. "'More than likely. "'Which was, of course, precisely the wrong thing to do. "'By exposing himself further to the wind, he would only have fueled the fire. "'What he should have done was roll over and over on the ground. "'The man must have been a complete bloody moron, mustn't he?' Woodend said. "'I beg your pardon, sir. "'I said he must have been a complete bloody moron to do exactly the wrong thing.' "'I'm not sure I would go quite that far myself, sir. "'What I was doing was merely pointing out that, mind you, "'it is a little hard to think straight when you can feel your flesh melting on the bone.' "'His boss was angry,' Rutter thought, "'and the source of that anger was that he was taking this case personally. "'It was something he often did, "'and it was both his greatest strength and his greatest weakness. "'What's our main purpose, Bob?' Woodend asked. "'Why are we in this job at all?' To see that justice is served, Rutter suggested. To protect those who are least able to protect themselves, Woodend said. He paused to light up a fresh capstan full strength from the still smouldering stub of the one he'd just been smoking. I'll have the swine who did this, he continued, blowing smoke down his nose. I don't care how clever he's been, I'll have him. Chief Constable Henry Marlowe looked down at the official request which was lying on his desk, and then up at the big man in the hairy sports coat who was standing in front of it. "'What you're proposing would cost us a fortune in overtime, Chief Inspector,' he said. "'Yes, sir, I imagine it will.'
Woodend replied flatly. "'We seem to be talking in different tenses,' Marlow pointed out. "'I say wood, and you say will.' "'You say tomato, and I say tomato,' Woodend agreed. "'Unfortunately, sir, this being a murder inquiry, we simply can't just call the whole thing off.' Marlow frowned. "'I'm not sure I like your attitude, Chief Inspector,' he snapped. As understatements went, it was the equivalent of saying that Genghis Khan might just possibly, on rare occasions, have been a little bit aggressive. The truth was that the Chief Constable hated Woodend's attitude, and on numerous occasions he had done his damnedest to get rid of the bloody man. "'You have to consider what the newspapers might say if you're seen not to be taken this seriously, sir,' Woodend said innocently. Henry Marlowe shivered, as he always did, at even the thought of getting a bad press— "'I'm not saying that we shouldn't investigate the incident, Chief Inspector,' he conceded. "'Investigate the murder, you mean. "'But I wonder, given the...